the Lord takes his inner circle up the mountain and is transfigured before them. He's also in conversation with Moses and Elijah. The fulfillment. It's, he is showing them he is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. The entire Old Testament points to him. And this is what they are seeing with their own eyes. The one who received the law, Moses, and the greatest of the prophets, Elijah, there conversing with our Lord. You can see why Peter would become kind of become overcome. Can you imagine just being there with our Lord and then all of a sudden Moses and Elijah and Jesus becomes like this glowing white figure revealing a glimpse of his glory just the slightest glimpse it would be an astounding thing and you know you gotta love Peter oftentimes he speaks without thinking but what he's offering even though in a way it's foolish it's quite a beautiful thing he's saying it's good for us to be here well yeah, it is. I mean, the, the glory they were experiencing, getting to see, you know, these are Jewish men, getting to see Moses, getting to see Elijah, other than getting to see God himself, it didn't get any better than that. So of course they wanted to stay. But our Lord turns to them after the voice of the Father. In essence, he's saying, it is not time for you to remain here. It is time for us to now go and do the will of the Father, to accomplish my mission, and then for you to accomplish the mission that I assign you. That's basically what Jesus says. That's basically what the Father is saying. He's telling them, this isn't just some holy God. This isn't just some prophet. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. In other words, this is my son. You obey him. He who hears him hears the father. He who obeys the son obeys the father. And they're standing there. They're on the ground in terror. But our Lord in this, almost, I almost picture him chuckling. Saying, all right, guys, get up. It's okay now. Don't be afraid. Nothing to be afraid of here. Get up. Come follow me. And they go down the mountain. And as they're going, saying, you know, don't talk about this until I've risen from the dead. At that point, they have no idea what he's talking about. But they obeyed him. They did as our Lord commanded. They did as the Father told them. They listened to him. They're beginning to understand who this Jesus is. Not only that, but this happens so that when the crucifixion comes, when he rises from the dead, 
they will remember that glory that they caught that glimpse of. And that will help them overcome their fear, their doubts, their discouragements. Much later on when they're preaching and suffering, I'm sure that memory had to come back over and over. Not only have we seen the Lord risen from the grave, but did we not see His glory on the mountain? Did we not see Him in the presence of Moses and Elijah? Did we not hear the voice of the Father Himself? We must continue. We must not be afraid. We must not give in. No matter what the, the, the authorities throw at us, no matter what we suffer, we have a glimpse of what glory awaits us if we are faithful. Because that's another part of this event. They saw Jesus semi-glorified. They saw Him in a very small way as He truly is. And how we, if we are if we make it to the Father's house, some of that glory we will share. The glory of our resurrected, glorified bodies. The glory of God that we will see face to face. This event, although prefiguring tragedy and then glory, is one of the most hopeful things, hopeful feasts we have in the church. Because this shows us who Jesus really is. And that's something our world has lost sight of. It's something that the church hierarchy has lost sight of. It's something that the, old, the, the average Catholic has lost sight of. The world tends to think of Jesus, if they think of him at all in a positive light, as just a good moral teacher. A good man, you know, kind of like Buddha or anyone else. Or, like Arian, Arian Heresy said, he was the greatest of all men, but he wasn't God. That's the kind of stuff we hear all around us. It's the kind of stuff we hear from Pope on down. But we who know who Christ is, we must listen to the voice of the Father this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. And just as you heard me say, you know, believing doesn't just mean an intellectual exercise, it means acting in accordance with. When the Father is commanded, because that's a command, the way it's written, the way it's spoken, that's the imperative form. It's you listen to Him. In other words, you would better do what he says, because he has my authority. When we listen to Christ, what he says is not always easy, but the reward at the end is glory. We may see hard times. We may experience crucifixion in one way, shape, or form. We may be hated, persecuted. When I say may, I mean will be persecuted and hated your eyes fixed on the Lord of glory. For we shall see him as he is if we obey him. Him, not man. We have no duty 
to obey error. We have no duty to obey people who are teaching the wrong things. We have no duty to obey evil. That's the great, despite what you hear, that the devil's greatest trick was convincing people he doesn't exist. No, that wasn't his greatest victory. His greatest victory was taking the virtue of obedience and bastardizing. So you hear people say, well, you know, the Pachapapa says we, the, uh, the, the shot is a moral, moral duty. We've got to do it because he said so. Well, no, you don't. You have a moral duty to do that which is right, good, and holy. It is not right, good, and holy. And for the love of God, people out there who are against this, quit calling it a vaccine. I love you, Dan Bongino, and some of you others, but quit calling it a vaccine. It isn't. It's gene therapy. It's a poison. It is aborted babies. Period. We cannot cooperate with evil in the obedience to man. We must obey God. This is what the apostles did in the Acts of the Apostles when they were beaten and flogged for saying the name, for proclaiming Jesus Christ. The rest of the Sanhedrin failed to obey the wise rabbi, and I'm going to say his name wrong, uh, Galamliel, because he said, if this is of man, it will collapse. If it is of God, you will find yourself fighting God. What we have today is a hierarchy fighting God. We have priests, we have bishops, we have cardinals, and even higher, proclaiming an anti-gospel, trying to create an anti-church. This is where we need to look back at today's feasts. Be obedient to Jesus. Be obedient to his teaching. Be obedient to what is good, holy, and true. Remember the three transcendentals, the good, the beautiful, and the true. If it has those three things, it is of a God. If it's lacking even one of them, it is not of God. Stay true to him, that we too may see him glorified may stand in the presence of our Lord, of the Most Holy Trinity, of the Blessed Mother, and yes, of Moses and Elijah. For Jesus is the fulfillment of everything. He is our hope, our glory, and our joy. And in Him, we have the strength to do battle against the world, the flesh, and the devil. With, through and in Him, we have the strength to do battle against wicked clerics. And through that, through our Lord's goodness, through His grace, through His gift of perseverance, if we do obey Him, the reward of glory that we catch a glimpse of today, and it's just a foretaste, we will have the ultimate fulfillment by being with him who is the fulfillment forever. So I repeat our, the words of our Lord. Be not afraid. Arise. Come. 
follow me.